Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. In the AgCast studio today, we've got a very special guest, Assistant Professor and Extension Economist, Adam Rabinowitz. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Mike. I'm I'm happy to be here in the studio. And actually, I will say I am an Associate Professor now. Associate, okay. Associate Professor, they need to update the flyer that we got for the meeting we just went to. We are just coming on the heels of the Alabama Extension Ag Outlook Conference, which brings together together all of the uh, all of the organizations and extension and other folks that talk about the trends of agriculture moving into the future where where we got where we came from where we're at now and where we're headed to and it's a very interesting conference and you've organized this for the last few years yes that is correct Mike I, I have organized this this is the third year now um, and, and this is just a, an, an excellent conference that we put together. Well, I was going to say, go ahead and tell us about the conference, kind of the, the history of it, where it came from, and, and how we got to where we're at today. Sure. Well, I, I joined uh, Auburn University and Alabama Cooperative Extension System in July of 2020. So, you know, right in the middle of, of COVID and, and during that year, of course, everything was very, very different. Um, so we did not have the, the Outlook Conference uh, that year. As you know, it had been in prior years. Uh, Max Rungi had organized the conference with others in the farm and agribusiness management team in previous years. Uh, but then subsequent to that, uh, I did take it over. And, and uh, again, with the farm and agribusiness management team, we put together this Ag Outlook Conference uh, for this is, like I said, the third year now that we've been here hosting it in uh, the Alpha building. Um, and so we're just really pleased to be here. Um, it's a great venue for for the event and just a lot of good opportunity to to talk about what's relevant to agriculture in the previous year and kind of end the year on thinking about the year ahead. Uh, absolutely. And uh, so many varied uh, topics that were discussed today. And I, I think everyone in attendance got a great overview of kind of the state of agriculture, of where we are in Alabama and some of the trends. And you in particular had a talk yourself about trends in farm financials and the agriculture economy. That that was a very interesting topic because all of the producers know that input costs are up and uh, some of the, the you know the uh, uh, yields are down and uh, and everyone's concerned about. It. But you took such a deep look at it, and I was very interested in that. So, uh, what are some of the factors in your talk that have affected or continue to affect the farm economy? Yeah, so so my my talk really took a very high level view and and set up what I'd say is a lot of the other talks that we had during the day um, that really tried to hone in more on uh, Alabama agriculture and and some of the specifics within crops, uh, livestock and uh, catfish included, forestry throughout the day and and labor issues, um, you know, but focusing on those broader kind of high level issues with the farm economy um, I, you know I spent some time talking about farm income and you know where that is in the US and some of the factors that have driven what we're seeing um, in, in terms of a decrease in farm income relative to last year 
Mm -hmm. Some of those things, and you can speak further on this, uh, labor, uh, a very interesting uh, push into fertilizer that you were talking about how the fertilizer costs, the, uh, the, the wider spread between uh, minimum and maximum pricing. And speak on that a little bit to kind of give, give our listeners a view of uh, more specifics of the income that they're aware of. Sure. Well, part of the, the drop in, in uh, farm income throughout the U.S. has been from lower commodity prices. Um, you know, certainly we are seeing some areas such as, as you know, cattle and, uh, that have increased prices and even fruits and vegetables um, have seen a little bit of an increase in terms of income. So it is not completely across the board exactly, fully the same, but overall we're seeing this general trend um, throughout the U.S. of lower farm income. Now, on the expense side, um, you know, interest rates are one of the biggest issues. Um, we've been talking about for a number of years the input expenses and how they have been rising, and, and fertilizer is, is one of those. Um, it's still higher than where it was a, a number of years ago, uh, but it has started to come down. The interesting point that, that you refer to that I mentioned in the talk is even though we're seeing it come down, we are seeing a bit of variation between minimum price of uh, fertilizer and the maximum price that may be out there. And that speaks to me a little bit of the, uh, the, the difference that some of the smaller producers might see in terms of potential higher prices because they, they're not buying those larger volumes uh, where you typically might have that lower price. Uh, the other thing that that raises a little bit of a concern to me is that it's just it, it speaks to variation in the terms of the market, and so it's hard for a producer maybe to know is this the best price, and and you know be good to to shop around and make sure that they they are securing um, you know good fertilizer and, and good chemical prices um, because that certainly does make up a big input cost. Absolutely. Uh other expenses that producers have to, to face are uh, the, the farm debt, uh, and you were also talking about land values. Land values have played a role in all of this. We're always facing urbanization uh, of agriculture land, and on the front end, you'll think, hey, man, all the property values are going up, but uh, that also applies more pressure to those small farmers to say, hey, maybe I should just sell and get out and cash in, and what are some things that uh, that farmers are facing along those lines that they can, you know, they can wrap their minds around or that they can get ahead of? Sure. I mean, I'd say on the, on the land value side, uh, you know, we've seen this pretty significant increases in land values over the past few years. Um, and we're continuing to see that trend. Uh, you know, it's, it, a lot of that is because there is, there is a lack of, of land that's available. Um, and so that makes a challenge for somebody who wants to expand their operation or potentially get new into farming. Um, and so for some of our young farmers, that can be hard. The urbanization that you talked about is one of those reasons for that. The other side of that that complicates the factor, though, is the fact that debt, right? Land debt we have seen um, you know, increase throughout the U.S. And, you know, that that certainly can be okay because it's an asset that over time will appreciate. But at the same time, we've seen the interest rates come up pretty significantly over the past year. Um, and so that has made it more costly uh, now and for the future. And depending on how the structure of one's, um, you know, previous uh, loans may be, right, they may be looking at changes in terms of their interest rates. And so that's something to be aware about. Most definitely. The interest rates climb, so 
it squeezes the family on yet another front when uh, I think a lot of farmers understand uh, weather variations affect their their uh, productivity, uh, the input costs, and this kind of thing. But it's those those hidden things that you don't think about that it's harder for a farmer to control, uh, like inflation, uh, like interest rates, and those things. So, and those are top factors that that cause concern um, in terms of the farm economy. Uh, inflation has eased some uh, in in recent months, and so that's certainly a good thing. We're you know in 2022 we were looking at 8% inflation. This has come down now closer to to 3%, and that's where uh, you know the, the the Feds want it to be. And you know so that means we we will probably see an easing in terms of interest rates, maybe not right away. Um, and you know I don't expect that it would go back down to to the low point that was just a couple of years ago, post-COVID, um, you know, or as, I should say, as a result of of COVID, when interest rates were really slashed, um, you know, to try to to you know to make sure we didn't enter into any type of recessionary period. I am Andrew Harp. I am a lender in the Montgomery branch with Alabama Ag Credit. I'd like to talk about building on your own land and how that works with us. Recently, I had a customer that bought land a couple years ago call and ask who I would recommend to help finance his new construction on his farm. Well, that's me. We can do that. A lot of people may think that we're limited to land purchases or equipment, but we also do home construction. Uh, barn dominiums are also a really popular thing. We're seeing those built on small tracks and large tracks alike. Uh, not only can we do construction, we can do the permanent financing. So after construction, we can finance the home for up to 30 years. You may be looking at a property that already has a home. And we can we can finance that too. And people are more interested today in that rural lifestyle. So they may have a, a property that's outside of town and has a home on it. And it allows them to uh, enjoy the rural life, uh, but still be close enough to town if they have to drive in for work. To find your local lender, visit us at alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. As we think about uh, moving forward to the, uh, you know, this this conference was an outlook. So it was, or one of its purposes was to kind of uh, pull out the old crystal ball and kind of look forward. Um, as far as uh, for producers, what what are some things that you're seeing that uh, producers could expect or or prepare for uh, coming up? Yeah, so I think for for one, um, lower prices is, is certainly um, you know where it looks like you know, again not necessarily across the board. There are some commodities where prices are are probably going to remain pretty strong next year, um, especially on the cattle side. Uh, the peanuts are, are, are looking good, good, but some of the other row crops certainly are, are trending downwards. Um, you know, I'd say it's it's very important to consider what those expenses are and those input costs and trying to control those. And so this speaks to general risk management strategies. Um, and that was actually one of one of the talks um, today, Dr. Sawadigo, Wendy Sawadigo, uh, my colleague, had talked about risk management opportunities for both row crop producers and, and cattle producers. Um, and so I think it's important to remember how to how to manage that risk and not just think about the the previous couple of years where you know prices were high and and farm income was good, um, but realize that you know that that's going to change a little bit and and it already has started. Um, but we need to 
to manage for the future. Uh, and uh, in your talk, you spoke about uh, that we're not nearly to the point where we were in the 80s, which was just devastating for agriculture during that during that decade or during that time period. Uh, but w we need to keep a watchful eye on how these prices are affecting our uh, our output. Yes, um, you know the farm financial crisis of the 1980s was certainly devastating for agriculture, um, but there are some very different fundamentals today that you know we're not seeing, and in particular that debt to asset ratio is much much lower than where it was, um, and you know even in, as we see farm income decreasing, some we're seeing that debt to, to asset ratio continue to decrease because that debt is more um, on in terms of in real estate as opposed to the um, non-real estate and the operating type of expenses. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of those fundamental differences from the early 1980s. Good. Well, let, let's keep that far away from us then. That <laughs> um, another aspect of kind of looking forward, you were talking about environmental and farm policy. Speak to that a little bit about what farmers should be aware of or what they should be looking at. Yes. Uh, so this is Farm policy is, is certainly a, a an issue that sometimes can be overlooked, um, but it, it's an opportunity because farmers uh, are presented with safety nets. They are presented with risk management strategies, um, you know, that can really be critical to their operation. And this 2023 uh, was a, a farm bill year to renew the farm bill. Um, and what we saw ultimately was an, an extension of the existing farm bill. And so the farm bill for next year, which is good because it'll give some certainty to next year to 2024, um, knowing that it's going to be a continuation, but there are still a lot of question marks as uh, the farm bill is negotiated. Mm -hmm. The reference prices with respect to row crops and Title I um, safety nets, the crop insurance uh, programs. We have seen in this area a lot of storms that have resulted in uh, additional disaster assistance, um, you know, and some of that assistance is has been better than others um, in terms of, of helping producers uh, recover from from some of these losses that they that occur from these storms. Um, it, it is is critical that we get to a point where um, you know we're not having to rely on Congress to constantly add additional appropriations in this ad hoc manner, but but we seek some some more permanent solutions, and that's going to come. Uh, from some modifications on the crop insurance program. Also, you had referenced the idea that, that there occasionally is a call to separate nutritional programs from the ag programs or the other programs of the farm bill, uh, and you don't see that because I, uh, I think it would be pretty difficult on the ag side for us to get that you know uh, to get any uh, level appropriations or whatever that that farmers need. Uh, with the idea that it's not tied to some of those nutritional uh, other programs. That's exactly it, Mike. I mean, th this is an old debate in terms of nutrition and farm policy, uh, ag policy being tied together in the farm bill. We talk about the farm bill, but really we're looking at uh, historically about three quarters of the expenditure in the farm bill has been on nutrition policy. It is now up to closer to 85% of the, the farm bill expenditure is on nutrition policy. But as much as those calls come to, to separate the two pieces of legislation, um, and it is complex legislation, and I understand that, 
but it would be even more complex to try to pass those separately. Um, and the challenge, of course, comes when you, when you combine them. Um, you know, there is a, a budget limit, and um, you know, it essentially becomes an order for one one part of the farm bill to get more money. Another part of the farm bill ultimately has to to give up some money somewhere. Um, and so there are trade-offs involved with that. Uh, but it's very difficult to get the political support for a farm bill on the ag side separately from the nutrition side. And that's why historically, any time that that has tried to be separated, it has failed. Um, two farm bills are, are an example. Back in 2013, um, you know, there was an attempt to, to separate the two. It did pass through the House um, and it did not go anywhere in the Senate. And, you know, ultimately they came back to, uh, you know, the typical there's sort of farm bill combination of, of nutrition and ag policy. Right. Uh, farm bill almost in name only, but, you know, still it, there's some good programs in there that we need to we need to keep in place. Mm-hmm. You spoke some about lenders and what their concerns for producers uh, now in 23, 2023, but also in 2024. Uh, if, if you can speak to some of those concerns, because I know that uh, many of our producers have great relationships with their lenders, but they're they're probably going to want to hear some of this information. Yes. Um, so some of the top concerns. This was from a survey from uh, of agricultural lenders um, from the American Bankers Association and Farmer Mac, and uh, you know throughout the country. And liquidity, farm income levels, and other inflationary pressure were the top three. Um, concerns, you know, looking forward to 2024, but were the same in in terms of 2023. And so, you know, in in particular, um, that speaks a lot to where interest rates have gone over the past year um, and that increase in interest rates. We we know where inflation has gone and that's where those inflationary pressures comes uh, comes from. But, you know, the good thing, like I said before, is that we've we've seen kind of inflation, uh, you know, kind of mellow out a little bit. So certainly working with your lender, though, to make sure that, you know, that any of their concern, those concerns are addressed uh, would be, uh, you know, the, the, the best guidance that I'd have for, for producers um, communicating with lenders is really the way to go. Well, lenders do uh, need to look at those things, but I, I think we feel this way in the Farmers Federation and our sister company, Alpha Insurance. It's a lot about the relationship, Keep, uh, getting a good relationship with uh, from us, the agent, to a, uh, to a customer, but the lender to the farmer. Uh, having that good relationship, I think, is an important part of uh, weathering some of these economic storms that are that are that have happened that that will continue to happen. It absolutely is. I mean, the the relationship is is very critical uh, because that can provide opportunities to to really have a deeper conversation, um, you know, and and hopefully not experience any issues. Um, I, you know, I'll use this as an opportunity to tell you a little bit about some other research actually that I'm doing. So, you know, what we've been talking about is kind of my extension side of my my work. Uh, but on the research side, I've been doing some work on um, farms in extreme financial uh, situations and, and far, in particular those that file for farm bankruptcy. Um, and, you know, it's it's we're still collecting a lot of the data and, and analyzing the data on these farms. Um, you know, but it's clear that it's about being able to communicate with lenders. Uh, it's about being able to, you know, find solutions 
to, you know, when there are financial problems, uh, you know, and being able to have the, those hard conversations around uh, potential transitions that may need to occur. We've uh, we've spoken about that before about uh, succession, where you you really need to have a plan in place uh, because some of the some of the biggest uh, family disasters happen when the patriarch or matriarch passes on, and then uh, you've got to fight for a farm and who wants to stay on the farm, who doesn't want to stay on the farm, and so. Uh, looking past your lifespan to your children and your grandchildren, I think is an important part about that about, that you were saying. That is, that is very true, and 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 ultimately how those resources will will be managed um, becomes an important conversation. But even before uh, you know succession planning, the planning phase, we often forget in in you know in all works of life um you know the fact that we need to stop sometimes and actually plan what might be for the year ahead and you know i'd say that's one of the purposes of the ag outlook conference that we have is you know to use this opportunity at the end of the year to say okay it's it's time to start thinking about next year right reflect on the past but plan for the future um and you know make sure that we're we're addressing the needs that we have uh not just today but also tomorrow very good. And Kelly Russell, uh, she came in. She was the last speaker today, and uh, I'm I'm interested to speak with her on a on a different agcast. But uh, the research that she is doing, gathering information about, she's not dealing with the what of farming, but the why and the how of farming, which I think is very intriguing. So she's going to ask people why they got into agriculture, why they got into farming, and how they do it, and this kind of thing. So that's that's pretty fascinating. That and and going to yield, I think, some great information for us. Yes, we are really excited. Um, Dr. Kelly Russell is new to Auburn University. She started with us at the beginning of the year in 2023, and uh, you know she is a rural sociologist. Um, and so our, our department at Auburn is, is agricultural economics and rural sociology. So we are combined. Um, but I am really excited that she is with us because she brings a very different the, the human perspective um, that sometimes can get lost when you just look at the numbers. Um, and so exactly as you said, the, the, you know, why are people getting into farming? Why are those exits happening? We see the loss in terms of farm numbers. Mm-hmm. And so why is that occurring? Um, and, you know, what what's happening in terms of, uh, you know, farmer health and, and well-being and, and what are the other factors um, within the family atmosphere that ultimately are affecting the farming operation? I know we did a big push uh, from the Federation because suicide on farms was on the rise, really nationwide. And so we were doing, there's a lot of mental health issues that happen as a result of the stress of farming, of agriculture. So uh, I think that will be some great information that we can we can all benefit from when that's when that's available. I think so. It's, it's a difficult conversation to have, uh, but it is a very important conversation to have. Uh, because you're exactly right. The, the, the stress in farming is real. Um, you know, as we talk about some of the financial challenges, right, we understand that that, that is something that that is not easy. Um, it's not easy to talk about. Sometimes, it, you know, there's pride involved as well. And so it may not be easy to address, but it is important for for one's well-being for themselves, for their, their family, and, and for the farming operation um, to to address those things. Well, uh, Adam, uh, as we wrap up, are there things that you're looking at in the future for the Outlook 
conference, the Ag Outlook Conference, are the things that you're interested in moving forward with some aspect of it? Uh, I, I would say one thing we didn't do this year, actually, we included a few students um, who were able to present some posters of a variety of you know, either research or some of the educational uh, programming that they've been working on. And so, you know, I'd say that that provided an excellent opportunity, not just for the students to engage with, with some of our uh, ag leaders, but also the networking that, that occurred amongst the attendees. Um, so I hope to to include that as well and, and also just expand the, the reach. Um, you know, it would be great to, to to engage more uh, folks to to attend the Ag Outlook, and and so um, I certainly hope that that people will will keep an, an eye out for that. Um, you know, we we host Ag Outlooks usually in in you know throughout the year in in counties throughout the the state, mm-hmm. um, but it's more tailored in in those cases. Um, usually to specific commodity or a few commodities. Um, this is a lot more of a general overview of, of ag, um, and you know we like doing it in Montgomery to to be very central um, for folks, and and um, so we will will definitely continue that, and and you know to some extent it'll be responsive once again to you know what are the the current needs of agriculture and and you know what's been happening through the year. Well, from the Farmers Federation and from agriculture in Alabama, I'd like to thank you for all that you and the Extension folks do. I mean, we love working with Extension because you guys are really boots on the ground and you're a front line that works directly with producers, with our farmers in doing research and advancing ways that make their jobs better and easier. And so thank you for all of that that you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, and, you know, I appreciate the support from from the Farmers Federation in terms of, of using the, not only the building, but outreach and, and um, you know, the, the Alabama AgCast. Uh, I, you know, I've listened to, to many of the episodes and, and I certainly enjoy the information and, and uh, find it very helpful. So um, I appreciate the work that you're doing well, as well. At least I know we have one listener. So that's awesome. So, <laughs> well, Adam, thank you again for being a part of the Alabama AgCast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. Mm-hmm.